welcome into the Fantasy Incline Podcast. We're your hosts, Nico and Gino, and today we have another special guest on the show, Jet Swihart. Introduce yourself. My name's uh, Jet, big uh, big Giants fan, playing fantasy football for about four years now. Mr. Barkley. <laughs> um, we, As you can probably tell by the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the NFC East, so we figured that bringing a big Giants fan on the show would, would probably be beneficial to all of you guys to hear about the Giants from a fan's perspective. So... With that, we're going to start with the um, NFC East, East today. We're going to keep on going with our divisional analysis. <laughs> and um, we won't start with the Giants here. We'll, we'll go in alphabetical order. So we'll, we'll start with the, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and we're going to do it the same as last time. Where we're going to start with the quarterback um, because I see you know, the foundation of the team. And then we'll, we'll go down the line, down the depth chart, and uh, – analyze everyone and by the time this whole divisional thing is over we should have talked about every single person you could possibly have on your fantasy team this year <laughs> yep. so yep. Dak Prescott quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys all right I'll start on this one um Dak's a funny one I like going into this season before they picked up CD Lamb I was like man I don't know if I'm really gonna be too high on him I don't know if he's really gonna do that good they picked up CD Lamb that put him close to the top five quarterbacks for fantasy this year, in my opinion. So I would love to have Dak, but not much of a fan of his skill set and everything, but he will produce just because of how much weapons and the line that he has in Dallas. So I see, uh, I see Dak Prescott having a pretty good year. I mean, you look what he did last year. I mean, he's looking for that contract. He still hasn't gotten. They, yeah. they signed Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to give him that push yeah. to be better. I mean, he has the weapons around him. Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Blake Darwin. Nico said the good offensive line. I have seen no problem why Dak Prescott can't be a good top five fantasy quarterback this year. So here's my thing with Dak Prescott is that I, I agree with what both of you guys said. I think Dak Prescott's going to do good. The, <clears throat> the biggest uh, problem with that is, though, is that everyone thinks he's going to do good. So his ADP is sky high. Like yeah. he's, he's being the third, fourth quarterback taken. Um, just behind, you know, Pat Lamar and maybe Deshaun. Sometimes people are taking him over Deshaun Watson. So is he worth it? Um, and what you're saying too, he's probably like you're saying, he's probably going to be taken kind of close around, like you're saying, the Pat Mahomes, the, uh, the Mars, the Murrays. And I don't really think he's going to put up numbers like they will, but he will be putting up pretty good numbers. So. I don't know. Yeah, if you can get value out of him, that that'd be good. If you're in a league with a bunch of Cowboys fans, that'd probably be a very, <laughs> yeah. very bad pick. <laughs> I, I I mean, if we're looking at draft position for Dak, if you can he falls to the fourth, fifth round, I think that's a pretty good draft pick for your quarterback. Yeah. If if four quarterbacks go before Dak, if if Pat, Lamar, Kyler, and Deshaun Watson all go before Dak, I think that's probably a pretty decent pick. If you're yeah. taking Dak before any of those other quarterbacks, I wouldn't do it. Right, right. I mean, I would even throw Russell Wilson in there. Yeah, even Russell Wilson could be thrown in there too. I mean, yep. He was debatable MVP last year. Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty good amount of quarterbacks this year. Yeah. All right, so running back, um, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, and then Tony Pollard right behind him. 
on Tony the depth Pop. chart, but Zeke. Um, he, he's running behind that line still, you know. So I like him. He he, he <laughs> has a lot of uh, weapons and the receivers that are yes. going to be taken away from stacking the box too. So I like I like Elliot. I like uh, Tony Pollard as a handcuff. You know, if you, <laughs> you draft if you draft Zeke, draft Tony Pollard. I well, agree. It Zeke for me, and I hate to say it because, you know, we do not like Ohio here. <laughs> but I hate I hate to say it, but Zeke is is definitely going to do good this year. Yeah. And it's because it's ju- it's it's a it's a product of the Cowboys' offense. It's not even that like that. I mean, yes, Zeke is an absolute monster, but you put him in a situation like. You put him in Jacksonville. He's not even going to do good. He's a product of the Cowboys' offense. He's going to get the workload that he needs, but he's not going to get, you know, run to the ground to where teams are stacking the box, like like you said. So they'll be able to spread the ball around. They'll be able to get it to Zeke when they want to get it to Zeke. And inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line, it's his touchdown. Yeah, that, that dude's money. It's his touchdown to have. ball right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, All right. So wide receivers, yeah. Um, Amari Cooper, around where he's being drafted, I'm not the biggest fan of him. He's for sure going to be putting up points, but I just think Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Elliott, it's just taking a lot of volume away from a guy like Amari who's going to be getting picked up pretty early in drafts, I feel like. So Amari, I like him, but kind of what Gino was saying, the value of him it isn't too much there for me. Yeah, it all comes to value. I mean, you look at Amari Cooper, he's probably going to be guarded by the number one corner every game. Yep. If you look at Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, if you can get them at the right value later in the draft, they're probably going to produce just a little bit behind what Amari Cooper is going to do. I think they're both good good late round pickups for a receiver. Yeah, in terms of value, like obviously, if if you were just like giving me straight up, if you just said, "Do you want Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, or Michael Gallup?" I would definitely say Amari Cooper. For sure. But given the value, if if you weren't if you weren't giving it to me straight up, if you were saying, "Do you want Amari Cooper here, Michael Gallup here, or C.D. Lamb here?" I wouldn't choose Amari Cooper. Yeah. Right, I right. definitely <laughs> choose either Michael Gallup or C.D. Lamb. So it's it's a difference between where you want to draft, and, and it's also different. Like, okay, say. You went running back for a, a round or two, and now you're looking at, oh, I really need a wide receiver, and you might want to overspend a little bit for Amari Cooper because he's going to be your number one. You know, like you don't want you don't want to wait all the way down in your draft to draft your number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And if you like Amari Cooper, then you you might want to pick him up. But if you already have a wide receiver, or if you are thinking about drafting Michael Gallup or Ceedee Lamb, I would not take Amari Cooper that early. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be picking up a lot of uh, C.D. Lambs, too, uh, in drafts. I-, I seen a thing. It was like Randall Cobb got about 90 targets in the slot, and if that's all going to be going to C.D. Lamb, which is amazing, a guy uh, after the catch and just make people miss, he's just going to be putting up fantasy points, and who who knows? He they put a lot of draft capital in, in him. They, they might want to use him more. You know what I'm saying? So I think it for him going where he's at is just perfect to pick up. So I, I love C.D. Lamb. All right. On to the line, the tight end, Blake Jarwin. Um, they've got a couple other guys, but it seems like Blake Jarwin is going to be the uh, the starter here. 
Mm-hmm. I, do you, is there any? Don't. Is there any like value? Don't. Not even don't. value. Is there any? Is there any touches to go around in, in, to even I, get Blake Jarwin the ball at all? I see Blake Jarwin getting zero. T- well, not zero <laughs> touches, but I mean, you look at who we've already talked about: Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and then Blake Jarwin, like. <laughs> Jason Witten didn't produce last year. You think J- Blake Jarwin's gonna do anything? Yeah, I would say do not draft Blake Jarwin unless you need him for like a bye week or something. And the defense they're facing gives up points to tight ends. You know? Yeah, Blake Jarwin would be like a like a deep dynasty kind of stash. Yeah, because he is you, young. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, to, yeah. You're not even in a redraft league. You, you you he might not even get on a roster all year. So yeah, I agree. Unless if you're players like Kittle and Austin Hooper, you need a lot of receptions, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, and so, I don't know. All right, next in the order is going to be Jets team here, the New York Giants. He's rocking the Saquon jersey right now. Tell me what you so, think about yeah. uh, Daniel Jones, though. Jay. We'll, How you we'll start about? with Daniel Jones. Start with Daniel Jet. Jones. Go ahead. No, Daniel Jones. He's young. Didn't do what I wish he would have done last year. He's still young, but I mean, the way I look at it is he's competing with the young guys, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. If he can't play to that level, he needs to get there because I mean, we need, we need, he needs to be the franchise guy, and I'm hoping he can be the franchise guy. Yeah, one thing with uh, Daniel Jones in his division alone, he's facing some really good defenses. So, and his line isn't too great. I mean, they they did pick up Andrew Thomas, but they need they need more, in my opinion. So need some interior guys for um, sure. Uh, yeah, his his weapons are all right, not the greatest. Um, but his running back's obviously a star. But I don't know. I I'm I'm probably gonna shy away a little bit from uh, Daniel Jones this year. Yeah, I, even me personally, I'm not even gonna take Daniel Jones even as a bye week pickup, unless he produces, then I'll pick him up. But even as a Giants fan, that guys will not be on my team. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a regular one quarterback league, I don't think Daniel Jones is really going to get any any time in the spotlight on basically any team unless there's like a bye week that needs to be filled. Um, in a two quarterback league, I could honestly, I I'm not too low on Daniel Jones to where like I'd pick him as my QB three. Yeah, as a backup to like. For maybe if one of my quarterbacks has a bad matchup or a bye week or something like that, in a one QB league, it's probably not going to happen. But I mean, l- watch him though. Like make make sure week yeah. one and two, you're 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 looking at him to see see how he's doing because that could be the waiver wire pickup of the year kind of type thing. Yeah, if he, if sure. he does good, you know, like he's got a couple good things. Like you know, his legs are not bad. Yeah, uh, he can he can get out of the pocket if you need him to. Yeah. He- he has weapons to throw to. I mean, you look at his receivers. I mean, they're not they're not in the bottom six. They're not in the top six. But I would put them top fifteen receiving core in the league. Yeah, they're 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 fair, good amount yeah, of uh, yeah. receivers in there. And here's the thing too with with the schedule that they have to open up the season. Their schedule is absolutely awful to open up the season. It's some crazy tough defenses. If Daniel Jones produces to where like he's doing okay. You might want to look at picking him up mm-hmm. because by the time he faces the worst defenses, he will be doing a lot better. So, like, if he's not doing bad in those first four weeks, you might want to take a look at him. I mean, he could 
he could be the quarterback of the week versus the worst defenses in the league. You know, if he can right. produce versus those good teams, and you use him for a like a matchup purpose, he could definitely be a good pickup. No, last thing about him too. Just want to say, hopefully, he stops uh, fumbling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a little problem. That's with, an uh, issue. Jones that's an year. issue. But that was also had to do with offensive line, though. Yep. And it, drafting Andrew Thomas mm-hmm. is going to help him with that. Yeah, definitely a tackle out there. All right. So, how are we feeling about uh, the man, Saquon? Saquon Barkley. I mean, my boy Saquon. You see in like uh, mocks, too. He's, yeah. He's, at, he's like top three, top he's, five guy going. I mean, McCaffrey's number one. He's going to be yeah. the number one guy. I think Barkley's number two, unbiased, too. Uh, Bar- if, you, if you can get Barkley at two, I mean, I took him at one last year and he got injured. I would take him at one again this year if I had that spot, even over McCaffrey. Just, I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of him, but yeah, I, I truly believe he can produce. He, he has a potential to produce better than what McCaffrey did last year. I would, I mean, he's going to be number two no matter what. So here's where we differ. Yes. <laughs> I don't like Saquon this year. Like, not, not that I'm saying that he's not, like, he's going to do bad, but like, I'm thinking a more like a uh, back end of the first round type thing. Yeah, yeah me because too. because of his injury last year, you know. I mean, he maybe he gets injured again this year and he turns injury prone. I pray that doesn't happen as a Giants fan, you know. But I mean, it can happen. So yeah, I mean, if if I if I have like a back end of the first round type pick and Saquon still isn't like taken, that's extreme value, and I I will yeah. pick him up. It's not it's not that I don't want him on my team. I'm just saying like. I wouldn't entertain him in the top five picks, like, at all. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, receivers, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. How are we feeling about those guys? Like, I mean, well, who's number one? <laughs> like, I would. Probably I mean, Shepard, but. You would think Shepard's number one, but I love Darius Slayton, man. You, yeah, I mean, Slayton, Slayton had not met, like, he had probably, like, 50. 60 uh receptions last year somewhere around there yeah i mean but he, he picked up he picked up at the second half of the season yeah but and eight touchdowns you know yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah. like that that's a guy that you might want to look at and think like okay this guy could actually be the number one guy for the giants you I, know I, what i'm saying I feel, and he's going late too i feel like if you have the right matchup in the week and you need a receiver to fill a slot like Darius slayton uh, any of these guys golden tate Sterling shepherd Darius slayton those are going to be good pickups off the waiver for matchup purposes. Yeah, for... um, See, here's the thing, though, is that Darius Slayton, I think, is going to definitely have the highest value. Like, yes. whether you whether you like him or not, Darius Slayton's going to have the highest value because Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard have a name for them. And given the Giants' schedule this year, they, like, all three of them might not do as well as they could. But Golden Tate and right. Sterling Shepard will probably go earlier in your draft than than what they're going to produce with what they're given here in, in New York. And so Darius Slayton might be that like late round flyer where you can get him, all of a sudden he does good, and he starts, I mean, you're drafting in the 14th, 15th round. If you can get two starts out of the guy that you're drafting in the 14th, 15th round, that is extreme value. Yes. So that's, that's my take on Darius Slayton. To the tight ends... Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan Ingram. <laughs> I mean, he's just that speedy I, Gonzalez at tight end, you know. He's just a receiver at tight end. It's the way I look at him, he's a, the vertical threat. 
I mean, if you need a tight end, draft the guy. He, he's not going to be tier one. He's He may be tier two, tier three, depending on how you view tight ends. I think at least he's a tier three tight end. I think Evan Ingram's in for a for a regression towards the the average, but like up because he was doing like worse than he probably should yeah, have been doing. He had a bad year last year, and so like I think I think he's in for you know he's going to be taken to where people are thinking, oh, he's going to do just about what he did last year, and I think he'll do a little better than he did last year. So yeah. I would entertain a uh, mid round pick on Evan Ingram if you don't have a tight end for sure. Yeah. Um, probably not a guy that I'll reach for. No. Probably the only tight end that I would reach for, though, is, like, Kelsey. I mean, you could even, <laughs> so, even Earth, you know. Yeah. There's there's just so many pass catchers this year at the tight end position. But I definitely wouldn't be mad if I had Ingram. So, All right, we'll move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll, once again, start at quarterback. And this one's going to be a – we're going to talk about a couple quarterbacks here, which is a little bit different. But we've got um, the obvious, Carson Wentz, and then – the new drafty Jalen Hurts. So we'll kind of lump both of those guys together and talk about both of them at the same time. Yeah. All right. Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> you gotta love Carson Wentz. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a ball placer. He's, he's got a lot of weapons around him now. He's got a great line. Like there's really nothing that you can say bad about Carson Wentz. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there are some bad things you can oh, say about okay. <laughs> Injury, I guess you I mean, say. I mean, you look but, what he did when uh, Philly won the Super Bowl. I mean, I'd, I mean, Nick Foles was the right guy for that when he came in. But, I mean, Carson Wentz injury prone. He's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say I won't take him, but he's just not. For me, personally, fantasy reasons, he's not like a guy that's on top of my board. Like, if if you were to tell me right now, if you were to guarantee me that Carson Wentz was going to play 16 games this season, I'd be taking him over guys like Deshaun Watson, yes. Russell Wilson. This this guy is good at football. But yeah. The problem is if he gets injured, and that's not even like if he gets injured, like even if he doesn't miss any games, if he gets injured to where he's playing not at 100%, that is an immediate drop off. Because he's right. just not going to do as well. And then the biggest thing is that, and this is what I was trying to get at with Jalen Hurts, is that as soon as Carson Wentz is not playing at 100%, Hurts gets his shot. And, I mean, I'm not sure how far Wentz is in his contract, but if, if Jalen Hurts gets that shot, I was high on him coming into the NFL draft. I think if Jalen Hurts gets his shot and he produces, I think Philly just cuts the cord on Wentz and lets him go. Yeah, because he's this would be like his third season, fourth season hurt, something like third that. Yeah, fourth, we just yeah. know he's just hurt a lot. I think Jalen Hurts too would do pretty good in that offense in Philly. I don't think he would do good in a lot of other offenses, but Philly's just an offense. You put a guy in there that can run and semi throw, he, he's gonna do good. So yeah, all right, Miles Sanders. I feel like officially getting that. Getting the ball, oh, in the yeah, head. he's getting the nod. He's and, getting the and, nod. Like he's just that number one guy there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's nobody that's. We'll we'll go down the depth chart here. It's it's Boston Scott who came on the scene a little bit last year. Don't worry about him. Corey Clement was might get a couple passing yeah. downs in there. Elijah Holyfield, um, who is okay. He probably won't get that many touches. Right. So it's the Sanders show. Yeah, in he, Philly, he, he does both. You know what I'm and saying? He, I 
I can see Jalen Hurts working in that running game as a running back, you know, lining up behind Carson Wentz like Miles Sanders would, or double running backs yeah. like how how Baltimore has that, that Heisman package. Yeah, you could throw Jalen Hurts in a package like that. Yeah, there's a lot of packages for Philly. Yes. They, could, they could do, like, the double quarterback with Jalen Hurts and keep Miles Sanders in the game. They could also do the double tight end with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Those are two... Yeah. extremely good tight ends like Dallas Goddard could be a starter on multiple teams in the NFL and so the offense in Philly is going to look a lot different for for defenses rather than normal and I think I think it's a benefit I think if yeah. they if they make this offense creative and they they do good things with it we could have a fantasy powerhouse type offense yeah but so how how are you guys feeling about their uh, receivers? Elshon, Deshaun, Jalen. I mean, again, it comes down to this theme with Philadelphia. Can they stay healthy? I mean, they just had uh Brandon uh Brandon Brooks go down just the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah. We forgot Offensive to talk about that a little bit. I mean, bit. you got they just got to stay healthy. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't healthy last year. Deshaun Jackson wasn't healthy. They drafted Jalen Rager. Hopefully, he can stay. He can be healthy. I mean, he's that vertical threat. Or Wentz, that big that play guy. guy. So yeah, J- Jalen Rieger out of uh, TCU. He's he's fast. Yes, dude is fast, and we're we're gonna have we're gonna have some speed in Philly because Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rieger can run. I mean, Marquis Goodwin too. Yeah, and and I was just they, I was just about up, to get there. Yeah, they picked up Goodwin down yeah. the down the 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 uh, depth chart. I mean, we got JJ Arcega Whiteside, who is not bad at all. Marquis Goodwin. And another draftee, John Hightower. So the receiving core in in Philly might not be it's, like the top speed. receiving core. It's really fast and it's really deep. Yeah, yeah. They kind of remind me of uh, kind of like the Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Just so much weapons deep, everywhere. Yeah. Like other than like Sanders, it's really hard to tell who's gonna be having the weeks. You know what I'm saying? And who you should really jump for? Yeah, I, I think mean, the uh, the Dallas versus Philly matchups. We're gonna get two of them. Because they're in the same division, I think they're going to be absolute shootouts. This will be fun. Yeah, I mean, and those two are going to be fighting for the number one spot in the division. As it's just going to be Dallas, Philly, and then New York and Washington. You know. Mm-hmm. So Zach then, Ertz. Yeah, we'll talk about tight ends. So Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I mean, Zach Ertz tier one. Dallas Goddard tier two. Yeah, I was going mean, to say Dallas they, Goddard. You might want on your team. Philly's offense is a is a two tight end set. That's what they run. So. I mean, Zach Ertz could have a bad week, and Goddard could go off one week. You just never know, and that would suck if you started Zach Ertz. But both of those guys, if they're on two separate fantasy teams, you could, they could be started in the same week. You never yep. know. Yeah, um, Zach Ertz for me, like I like the guy. Probably not going to get him too much and definitely not going to reach for him. I feel that a lot of his fantasy production have come from injuries from his team. So... This yeah. guy and this guy would get hurt. Well, now that makes Zach Ertz this more, this much more important to yeah, the team. Like the only target. Yep. So maybe, I mean, their team is injury prone. You know what I'm saying? Still could happen. But if you're looking at this team of weapons not getting hurt, Zach Ertz is really. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna shoot for him because he's probably gonna be going as like a top three tight end. Yeah. So, uh, Dallas Goddard for me is uh is a late round value pick because sure. because people are going to kind of overlook him thinking that oh Zach Ertz is number 1 but when really 
Zach Ertz is number one, and Dallas Goddard isn't even number two. He's like number one point five. One, 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 he's one B. He's one, yeah, he's one B. One, one A and one B, and they are on that's the opposite what, yeah, sides that's, of the lines. That's Philly's offense. Yeah. Two tight end sets. That's what they and run. And so if if they're getting the same amount of snaps, they might not be getting the the exact same amount of targets, but if they're getting the same amount of snaps. You could have any single week where Dallas Goddard has a a number one tight yeah. end type week. Any that's, week. that's what I'm saying. That guy's startable. Even even if somebody else in your league starts Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard is highly startable. Yeah, so Philly's offense here is, is looking good. And we'll move on to a uh, less looking good offense. Yeah. <laughs> the last team in the division, the Washington Redskins. And we'll start at the quarterback position with my nemesis, Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan. I didn't see too much. I mean, I guess he did turn up a little bit at the end of the season, but I feel like I feel like that's kind of with a lot of quarterbacks. Some of them, what happens, yeah. yeah, and they weren't really fighting for a playoff spot or nothing, playing some shit teams. So he really hasn't proved nothing to me. I yeah, I, I he, he still has he still has room to improve. Yeah, oh yeah, he's young, second year. Prove us, but I mean. I've seen something that he's dropped like seven percent body fat. He's been gaining muscle. I I think he looks good this year. It's just not a quarterback I draft. Another guy, another guy you could use for matchup purposes if he can prove to you that he can produce for some halfway decent defenses. Yeah, so completely unbiased here. I actually think Dwayne Haskins is a terrible quarterback. Like, like I th- I, th- I think he's awful. I, yeah. I don't even think he's gonna have his job after this year or next he, year. He but. might end up not being a quarterback (laughs) right um but there's a little bit of upside to like what jet was talking about to where you could you could possibly he'll he'll be like a waiver wire type guy to where he's not even going to be like high on the waivers he's just going to be the guy like oh man i have a bye week and i really don't have any guy to start oh dwayne has got a got a good matchup we'll plug him in for this week type thing and then just drop him after the next week it's not like anyone's gonna be rushing to pick this guy up right um but yeah, I mean, behind him they got Kyle Allen from Carolina and, and Alex, Alex, Smith. And Alex Smith. He comes so, from an injury, but you know he's still. I, I mean, I like he's, so he's Dwayne Haskins more. isn't even guaranteed to be like Washington's number one guy, you know. And Kyle, Kyle Allen was playing under a new coach uh, from Panthers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Ron Rivera. Oh, Ron. Yeah, he he was playing under him when we were at the Panthers. So like, you know what I'm saying? They they. That's, I think that's why Ron Rivera brought Kyle Allen in. Is yeah. He knows if he needs him, he can use him. River but. boat run. All right. How do you guys feel about uh, Darius Geis? That, that's, that's, a, that's a question. Yeah, mark. In the, uh, that's a question mark. In, in the Washington, Washington running back room is Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson. Um, they got J.D. McKissick from Detroit also and Peyton Barber from Tampa Bay. Darius Geis, that, that's, a, that's a big question mark. Yeah. That's a huge question mark. I I think Adrian Peterson's gonna be the guy there, at least week one. He's gonna start out the guy. What number what, one on the depth chart? Wasn't Darius guys hurt all last year? Darius guys, he how much? Did he, how so many games? Darius guys, Darius guys tore his ACL week in one. His very first preseason game. It was preseason. Oh, it was preseason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was supposed to be like the the savior of running backs in in this draft class, and he tore his ACL in the very first preseason game. Didn't even get to touch the field. Yeah. So I mean that that's just a guy. He's just straight up a boomer bust guy, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. either gonna really produce 
I mean, you look at he came from LSU. LSU produces running backs, you know. Yeah. I I, I feel like he can. I feel like if he can stay healthy, he he can. He's gonna beat out Adrian Peterson, and he could be a a good running back to start, and maybe at a flex spot, you know, if you need him for a week. And and that line, that line's honestly pretty good with the run game. You yeah. Know? Like any any running back is gonna be behind there. They're they're gonna put up a a good amount of points just alone off their off their uh line. So yeah, if Darius if Darius Geis gets most of the workload here, I'm thinking you probably want to draft him. You you want to draft your your running backs, your wide receivers, and then maybe draft him as your flex, or maybe draft him as your first bench player. Yeah. That's, um, that's I think what around his value would be. be safe. Yeah, just to be safe, you you definitely want to get your starters in before you take Darius yeah. guys for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be starting. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. All right, we're gonna move on to the wide receivers, and we've got probably one of the underwhelming wide receiver rooms in in the league. I would say one of the worst. In probably the league. maybe the worst in the yeah. league. I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin, got... and then that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> Sims. I mean, Steven Sims. Steven Sims. He did step up in those last couple games last year. I truly couldn't even tell you who Kelvin Harmon is. Trey Quinn. I know of him. Cody Latimer. I mean, th- this receiving core is just not good at all. Yeah, only guy I would touch on is Terry. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. I mean, I, I played him multiple weeks last year. I mean, I just think him and Dwayne Haskins have that yeah, chemistry they, they, from Ohio yeah. State. And, man, I hate saying that. But, <laughs> I mean, that's really the only reason why Dwayne Haskins did good those last few weeks. Because, because of, Terry. of Terry McLaurin. I mean, they need to find another receiver for Dwayne Haskins or he's just not going to do anything. Yeah, I'd, I'd entertain a pick of Terry McLaurin. I I wouldn't even draft him at his ADP, though. I'd wait till he, like, drops a little bit. And if he's going at his ADP, then i I would be happy that he went too early, um. But I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if I had to like start Terry McLaurin in a flex spot or something like that. Oh. It, it, like, if if he has to start half of my weeks, I would not be mad at all. No, I don't think I would either. All right, tight ends. This might be this might be the best name in the NFL. What what a name! Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> Starting. What a name. They actually I mean, kind of got some names in the They have him as number one, but yeah. I mean, they got Logan Thomas from Detroit. Yeah, I, I, they, drafted, did, they drafted Thaddeus Moss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, like, And I, I like Logan Thomas, too. I, I, I thought he produced uh, pretty well as a tight end, and he was like the third tight end. You know what I'm saying? This might so, be one of those, uh, those carousel tight end groups where... You know, Jeremy Sprinkle kind of like starts, and then you know Logan Thomas gets some mid-game snaps. Yeah, and they throw Thaddeus yeah. Moss in there. You're never gonna get a consistent no. workload yeah. from any of these guys. Just stay away stay from away Washington Titans. Completely <laughs> stay away from them. Scary team, scary team. Their offensive line just—I mean, they don't have a great offensive line either, that which de- I think doesn't help that offense. Yeah, that defense is gonna be uh. Bringing back the they're, ball, though. They're going to have to rely on that defense. I mean, you're talking about fantasy football defenses. You might want Washington Redskins defense. True. Although they do have some tough matchups with the teams in their division. Yeah. Tough offenses to play. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, de- playing, a, playing a team defense is a matchup-dependent thing anyways. And yes. so if you want to, to play them when they're not playing in their division, then that's probably a good idea because it's a pretty good defense. I mean, I would... 
they're debatably have top five front seven in the NFL. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Definitely with Chase Young in that group. Ryan yeah. Kerrigan's been there for I feel like forever. Forever. Montez, Montez Sweat. Sweat yep. Yep. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Yeah. I mean, they have Thomas Davis now who played under Ron Rivera in Carolina. Yeah, they just need to build their offense now. <laughs> All right, so the last uh, thing within the division here, we're going to kind of do what we did last time. And how do you think the standings play out here? Who wins it? How does it go? I think, it, like I said earlier, I think it comes between Philly and Dallas. I mean, I feel like Philly just steps up their game when they play Dallas. And if they can get those two wins against Dallas, that's going to put them ahead of Dallas, obviously. So. Again, Philly, Dallas, you don't know which one of those are going to be there. I mean, you look what they did last year. And then New York and then Washington. I, I think I think it's set at New York's at three, Washington's at four. The fight is between Philly and Dallas. Uh, Yeah, I, I think I got Dallas winning the division. Too many damn stars. Too yeah. many. <laughs> like, too many. But that could be a problem, too. Yeah, uh, yeah true, but... All around, their offense is super electric. They got some nice stars on the defensive side, and I think Philly is going to be a nice second. Uh, yeah, I think this is another division. one of those one of those divisions where we're going to get two two playoff teams out of here. Um, I think the Redskins will come in last. I think the Giants will be in third. I think the Eagles will be in second here, and I think they will make the playoffs as a wild card. And reason I'm saying I think the Cowboys will win this is because I don't. Pretty sure I said this earlier. Not sure. But as of right now, my super early Super Bowl pick is the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl this year. So I remember you saying that. So I think the Dallas Cowboys will win this division. They'll make the playoffs. They'll make a run. Um, as of right now, we'll see what happens as time goes on. Yeah, and even with Dallas winning the division, Philly could make the playoffs and yeah. make a run. And three wild cards this year. Seven teams per Per uh, conference, so an extra, they're an extra do, wild card. They're doing that this year. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought I, I thought they were gonna start that next year. Hell yeah, I'm I'm happy. All right, we're gonna get into our next segment now. It's going to be fantasy wild cards. So I'll explain how this is gonna go. Here we're each gonna give two guys. We'll we'll do one by one. So we'll each give one. We'll talk about it and we'll move on to a ne- another one. We won't give two at the same time. But um, what we're gonna we're gonna offer up some guys that we think that we have no idea what they're gonna do this year. Like <laughs> it's almost impossible to project what these guys are gonna do this year. And you might want to these are gonna these are gonna be the type of guys you're gonna pick as a like a, a very big risk yeah. type type guys where they could be really good. Really bad boomer bust type stuff. Um, so fantasy wild cards. We'll start with Nico. Give us one. Uh, I want to talk about Big Ben. <laughs> like you, uh, that's a guy that you just don't even know if he's gonna be the same this year. Right. I mean, I don't know if he'll be if he's gonna be as healthy as he was last year. I mean, well, he got injured, but you don't know if he's gonna be back to that hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, he's old. I just, I just don't like that Pittsburgh offense. You don't know who their quarterback's going to be if Big Ben gets hurt. Mm-hmm. I, this that Pittsburgh offense is a team I can see picking up Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah, for sure. I Big Ben is a is a wild card for me too. Um, yeah. I I think there there is a a 
possibility, and it's not, it's not even a bad possibility. It's a fairly decent possibility that he does pretty good. Like it's not even it's not even that he's just gonna like suck this year. It's just right. that we don't know what he's you gonna just do. Don't know what he's gonna do. And it's like I I see some people that are like, oh yeah, Big Ben's coming back. That means Juju's gonna be doing a lot better. It's like I don't even think Big Ben's even gonna have the same skill set anymore. Like no. in the last three years, he's kind of <laughs> been declining. You know what I'm saying? So. Speaking of Juju, we'll move on to Jets. Uh, yeah, wild card. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my one of my wild cards is Juju again. Stan Pittsburgh. You don't know who their quarterback's going to be if Big Ben goes down. You don't know what Big Ben's going to do. So mine and Nico's kind of fell in the in the same boat there. Yeah, Juju's a wild card for me too. I wouldn't. Juju's more like a for me is more like a um a back end wild card to where like. His his good year, I don't even think is going to be that good this year. Like if he were to do good, right? And his only good year was when he had Antonio Brown on his team. Well, yeah, because he was the number two receiver. Exactly. So what? Can he be a number one? You uh, know what I'm saying? Maybe he Does can't he have be. that skill set? I mean, to... he didn't do much last year. Maybe he, maybe that's just the type of player he is. Maybe he needs to be in that system where he's not the number one guy. Ken- Kenny Galladay had. David Blau and Jeff Driscoll as his, as his uh, quarterbacks, and he still put up a top ten yeah. numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he did. Juju failed pretty bad, so I, I but, can't. I, I just, yeah. You know but what I'm saying? That, that has to do with the quarterbacks. I mean, that system. Just I don't think those Mason Rudolph and uh, who's the other guy? Um, I know oh, who you're talking about. Rudolph, really? Yeah, I, mean, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. He, I mean, I just think it was just those guys who they just couldn't get Juju the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, to my wild card. One of my wild cards is um, going to be Leonard Fournette, and so this guy hasn't really done very well, but he's an absolute beast. Yeah, and we yeah. can all agree on that. And so I feel like it's just a matter of time before he breaks like a like a really good season. Like has it has a top. 10 top five type running back season, but nobody knows when that's going to be. I truly don't think that'll happen until he's out of Jackson. It, it's exactly and, and yeah, what and that could, say. that could be, that could yeah. be it. That I, could be it. I'm projecting him to be on a different team because his contract's going to be up. He's definitely not going to resign I mean, in Jacksonville. He was, he was pissed at Jacksonville when they traded Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that was his boy. I don't see Leonard Fournette being on Jacksonville past the trade deadline this season. Yeah, I, I just I just see a team giving up some draft capital for a team that needs a running back, yeah. and probably won't even be giving up much because <laughs> Leonard Fournette right. is he's, not. He's going to be in. The, he's going to be in. The, well, not really in the same boat as Kenyon Drake was last year, but like, there's going to be a team making a playoff I, push. I, I know what you're saying. Like, there's going to be a team eight games that he could possibly. Yeah. Start there's going to be a team making a playoff push, and let's say the running back goes down. He's that guy you can trade for that's on a contract year that maybe you don't need him or maybe you don't want to resign him, but you can give up a like draft capital to get this guy. And then like he could go on and help you win those next eight games to get you in the playoffs. And yep. that I think contributes to his wild cardness. Yep. Yeah. Because who knows? If he gets traded, it, it, maybe let's say he does there there's two different possibilities in Jacksonville. He either does fairly decent in Jacksonville does pretty good or he does what he's been doing in Jacksonville which is absolutely awful yeah so there's a wild card possibility there and then there's a wild card of okay well does he get traded or not 
Okay, and then if he does get traded, there's a wild card of, okay, well, does he do good in that system or does he not? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a toss-up. He's he, flipping five coins yeah. at once. He could literally... And they all got to land on heads. He could literally <laughs> yeah. do what Kenyon Drake did and blow up. Kenyon Drake That's blew up last stuff. year. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Fournette, definition of wild card. Yes. All right, one more, Nico. All right, uh, I got Cam Akers. I put up Cam Akers because, first of all, you don't even know if he's going to get the starting job right away. It seems like he is. Vegas odds say that he's going to get the start and he's going to be putting up some pretty good numbers. But, I don't know, he's running behind kind of a shit line, too. I, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, again, I don't like the Rams' offense. I mean, they, Jared Goff's good. I mean... They had they lo- they only had their window. They lost their window. That Super Bowl, worst Super Bowl of all time, in my opinion. I mean, that window was small. It was then, fun for me. Yeah, yeah, of course it was fun for you. <laughs> but I mean, I think you could even agree. The oh, way yeah. that score that was, was that was the worst Super Bowl. Bo- boring. That was boring as hell. I mean, they he's got kind of big shoes to fill with Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley produced, but and then he got injured. I think the injury was what's bringing him down. I mean, I think Cam Akers can do good. I think if Cam Akers is the bell cow, he will be putting up some uh, low-end RB2 f- great flex uh, points. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely a flex option. Yeah, definitely a flex option. And it could be like a, a, a weekly starting running back option, like a plug-and-play yeah. option if he gets the workload. But that's that's the wild card in Cam Akers is, is he going to get the workload? Because no one knows. Well, wasn't he drafted third round, right? Uh, Late second or early yeah, third, something yeah. like that, yeah. Usually, those running backs anywhere around there still they usually stand starts. out. Yeah. All right, Jet. Uh, one more from you. Oh, well, this one's a a big name. <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Ooh. He was our shit show today last episode. Yeah, he was. You probably look at me like I'm crazy for making this guy my wild card, but the way I view it is he's getting drafted in that top five. I mean, if you can get him in the late first round, take him. I'm not saying don't take the guy, because if I if I'm in the late round and he's there, I'm taking him because he's going to produce. But I mean, if you're having a good season and Dalvin Cook's your guy, this the stat I love is he's played for four seasons now. Four seasons, I think. Yeah. Four seasons. He has never played in a fantasy football championship game because he's been injured at the end of all four of those seasons. So I mean. He's gonna produce for you again. If you draft this guy, you better pick up his handcuffed uh, Madison. Yeah, Alexander Madison. Yeah, yeah you that, better pick up Madison if you draft definitely. that one Cook, because that's a that's a system offense, kind of like what Le'Veon Bell was in Pittsburgh. I mean, D'Angelo Williams and James Conner did the same thing Le'Veon Bell was doing. You look at Le'Veon Bell now; he's in New York. He did absolutely nothing. Like he had what one touchdown last year, yep, and which was a receiving touchdown, I believe. I I just think. Dalvin Cook, like that's a risk. Like if you're gonna be in the championship, you better find that guy that can take his spot if you're gonna be in that spot. Especially using a high first round uh, draft pick yeah. too. You don't want him, first of all, sitting out the whole entire season or whatever. Second of all, getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's spending a lot of capital on a player that you just have no idea what he's gonna do. I mean, that's that's big risk. Yeah. Taking him personally for 10. me, if I had like. I was in a 10 team. If I had like eight and what would it be like 12 after that, eight and 12, yeah. I would probably get a very safe guy at eight and then try to reach for him at 12 is probably what oh, I would be doing if I, if I would try or, to get cooked. Or you could do the safe option. You could take him at eight and then take your safe option at 12 because if you take him at, if you take your safe option at eight, he probably will not be there at 12. 
He could be though. He could be because yeah. it, with this with his injury scare, people might just graze right over him. Because, yeah, right. Because like, think about it. Who would you rather have, Derrick Henry or Delvin Cook? Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry. Who would and you rather have? And they're going like pretty close yeah. to each other. They're like one spot. They can flip flop every draft I, I've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could take. I would take Derrick Henry personally. I would go McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke. Kamara, Derrick Henry, like that, and then Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb's up there. Yeah, even Chubb's. with even with Cream Hunt being there, you don't know what Nick Chubb's gonna do. Yeah, that's true. So there's just a lot of more safer guys yeah, that there's definitely more safer early, picks in 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 the first round. That you yeah, if, if you have if you have a a late end first round pick to where and you're in a snake to where you can you have a pick like very very close to that. That's the only time I'd entertain Dalvin Cook because. You can either take your safe pick first or second, but you know that you have a pick behind that to make sure that you have like a foundation of your team because you do not want Dalvin Cook to be the foundation of your team. And like Jet was saying too, you can still pick up Madison as your uh, your cuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, if you, yeah, I if you draft Dalvin Cook, you better take Madison, even as a reach. I I think that's a safe reach if you reach for him there. Yeah, like Dalvin Cook averages 4.5 yards per carry. Madison averages four point six. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, th- th- he's again, very it's good. that system offense. If you throw Madison in, he's he's probably not going to prove his exact what Dalvin Cook did, but he's going he's going to lead Minnesota. He's going to get there. Like he's going to do the job. Right. Yeah. And if Dalvin Cook isn't playing at a hundred percent, then Alexander Madison is just as good. Yeah. Like it, obviously, if Dalvin Cook is playing at hundred percent, he's a really really good running back, and so he's going to do better than Alexander Madison would, even in the system offense. But if if Dalvin Cook say gets injured, but not like not like a season-ending injury like he's had previously, or like he doesn't get taken out of the game, he's like mm-hmm. a ninety-five percent, ninety percent. Alexander Madison is just as good. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, and we'll do one more total here. I've got Philip Rivers as a wild card, um, going from L.A. to Indianapolis, and who knows what this what this guy does? I mean, yeah. He's, he's been pretty good in LA. He hasn't been bad. Um, he's been he's had a little bit of up and down up and down seasons, but who knows what he does in Indy? Completely different offense. Age plays a factor. Yep. I mean, he's got weapons around him. Yeah, I he, can't say he that. Does. They have. I would say they have the best running offensive line in the game. They do, which is definitely going to help him for sure. Because if they can run the football and not put as much weight on Philip Rivers. Then that offense is going to be really smooth. Lots, of, lots of play actions. Going. Yeah. In a fantasy sense, though, if if like it gets down to fifteen yard line type thing, is Indy just going to pound the rock like every single time? So, I, yeah, I feel like and, they would. Like I if it if it's too. if it comes down to red zone, if, if as long as they're not like third and beyond five, I think they're going to be running the football. And so and so in fantasy fantasy wise, that could mean that like oh. If Philip Rivers say if if they're at like the twenty yard line and they pass the ball and Philip Rivers gets it into the end zone, then he's gonna and he does that multiple times throughout the season. He's gonna have his his up year, the, yeah. the upside of his of his wild card, right? But if say he checks down to like get to the ten yard line, get a first down in the ten yard line, I think they're pounding the rock from there, and, yeah. and Philip Rivers is not gonna get the touchdown. Yeah, and so that's the bottom part of his wild card. So there's a big range of whether depending on how many touchdowns he can get and how many big plays he can get really because I think Indy is going to pound the rock when they can. 
I mean, they have Jonathan Taylor, um, Marlon Mack, Mack uh, even Naheem Hines. Yep. You know, they have three good. They have depth. They have and, probably one of the best depth at running back in the league. And the good line you were talking about. Yeah, I think personally, I mean, it's it can go either way, but I truly believe that India is the best offensive line for running in the league. You know, Quentin Nelson. I mean, he's in yep. year two, yeah. year three, going into year three, right? Yeah. And he's the best left guard in the league, in yep, my opinion. Exactly. And that's perfect for someone like Stewart. I mean, uh, Taylor, who runs up the middle and just, you know what I'm saying, yeah. just going after people's necks. All right, let's get to the shit show of the day. So, we all know that the coronavirus is a thing. But, mm-hmm. but but now Zeke knows it really well. <laughs> <laughs> so Ezekiel Elliott, it was reported, had got test positive for coronavirus, and he said he hasn't had any symptoms or anything like that. Um, and obviously he's gonna like get over this way before the season starts. It's not gonna be like a big thing for Zeke or anything like that. He was actually mad that it got out. Um, he was trying to keep it secret. He didn't want anyone to know that he tested positive. So it's not going to be the biggest thing for Zeke, but what what I'm saying is, well, how does this affect like the season? Like, okay, it, let's say right now they were playing games. Like we were in week four right now. He Would Zeke be out two games? He wouldn't play through probably week seven. Yeah, he. Uh, that's what the NFL says is, uh, if you get tested for COVID and you have it, then you automatically cannot play the next two games. So. That's 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 really huge. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a risk. Yeah. that's a risk that you cannot predict at all. Like you can kind of, I mean, you can't really predict injuries, but you can kind of predict injuries. Like it, I mean, if you have like Dalvin Cook on your team, mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, Carson, uh, there's Carson Wentz, like we were talking about earlier. Also, there's there's a risk for injury because they've been injured before. Yeah. They're prone to injury, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, some of the season-ending injuries that you see, like oh, like some guy just randomly tears his ACL. Yeah, you can't really predict that, but injuries are a part of the game. This was never part of the game. Yeah, this is a complete risk that it has no precedence. There, there is nothing to tell you that oh, there's there's nothing that goes through your head that you can say I think this guy's gonna get coronavirus because who knows? Yeah, I mean that's gonna throw a twist in the season too because I mean. Zeke will be all right because, I mean, the season's still a couple months away or whatever. Yeah. But if let's say Lamar Jackson gets COVID while playing. Yeah, like like week 10. Yeah. I mean, that's going to put a like a stoppage in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they might not win those two games. Or Patrick Mahomes, if he goes down, like, you could have your, your quarterback go down and, like, it could screw the team over. And it's not even just your quarterback either. You, you have, if you, let's say... For Pat Mahomes as an example, you have Travis Kelsey on your team. You have yeah. Tyreek Hill on your or team. Or even Pat Mahomes goes down. What's your team gonna do? Your value or the, even the players going if you look at offensive too. linemen, Mitchell Schwartz goes down for the Chiefs. Yeah, if he gets it, I mean Patrick Mahomes. That's mm-hmm. that's his protector right yep. there. That, 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 that could screw too. Mahomes yeah. over, and that could lead to a Mahomes injury. I'm not trying to jinx Mahomes or anything. Yeah, that sucks, just but, an example. But yeah. as an example, like that would suck for Mahomes. Like he, that could lead to injury if an offensive lineman gets hurt. There could be players. COVID. There could be players like that don't have any fantasy relevance at all that could now be fantasy relevant because of like coronavirus. So if they get it, and it it could be on the other side of the ball too. 
defense. Like, let's say you have Pat Mahomes, and they're they're playing whoever that week. They're playing the L.A. Rams that week, and three of the of the eleven starters of the L.A. Rams on defense get coronavirus. Pat Mahomes is going to get like fifty points. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. go insane. So it, there there's two sides to this that you and the the worst thing is, is that you can't predict it at all. There is no predicting this. And honestly, you should probably talk to your league commissioner and like probably probably make some like rule to even out this COVID stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, or or hey, your league commissioner might not want to do anything. You better you better be on the waiver wires. Yep. Yeah, like you better be on them. I mean, mm-hmm. and it sucks if like if you're first in the league, you're tenth in the waiver wire spot. That sucks. No, yeah, but that's that's another thing. Like even with like these running backs having a handcuff you might want the handcuff those backups are coming to play mm-hmm. don't drop guys that you think can still produce yeah and so as a commissioner i my take on this would probably be if this becomes like right now it's not we're not really talking about this as yeah, much we're still 90 days away you know we don't saying? know it, they might have like some rigorous testing thing and maybe the players are going to be like isolated and there's not going to be many cases who knows but if this becomes a problem I would say the best solution would probably be to say, okay, this person got got coronavirus, he's out for two games, and he was a starter on someone's fantasy team. That person now has their pick of of the waiver choice. wire, their choice of that at, at that position, um, to pick whoever they want to replace him for those two weeks. Um that'd probably be the best solution because it, it it's not gonna happen if if it's going to be a problem, it's not going to happen to just one person. It's probably going to happen to most people in your fantasy league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, even... with waivers, the 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 weird thing is that if one person goes down and you're looking at 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 waivers and you need someone, I wouldn't be like spending too much fab on these guys because the likelihood of your guy getting over the coronavirus and coming back at 100% is pretty likely. And so I wouldn't be spending too much fab on the waivers for guys that you're just going to replace. And I would hope that you have your bench stacked enough to where you don't have to spend any fab on the waivers to where you could just plug in a guy from your bench to take, you know, that spot for a couple of weeks and then hope that your guy gets back to 100%. Another thing that could happen is, I mean, they're going to test everybody before the game, probably a couple hours before the game. Yep. Well, as long as you're, as long as nobody picks up the guy, like, let's say, let's say this happened to Zeke in the season. I'm, I would almost think Tony Pollard may be on the waiver wire. Oh, well, would, if they're testing sure. before the game, you're going to know before the game that Zeke's not playing. Then Tony Pollard's there to pick up, you know? Right. And as a, as a commissioner, if, if that was a, problem if, if it's not a problem if it only happens like a couple times during like the entire season then i would say you know it sucks to be you like <laughs> yeah. right. type thing where if if zeke is out for a game or like two hours before the game and you didn't know that and someone else grabbed tony pollard and started him in their lineup sucks to be you but if that's a a thing that's gonna be reoccurring and we'll probably know if it's gonna be a reoccurring before the season starts because we'll we'll see it in preseason we'll see that right. kind of stuff if we know that's going to be recurring, it'd probably be beneficial to say, okay, if if they test positive for coronavirus, like 
their backup is yours if you want him. Yep, I agree with that for sure. 100%. So that like you still and, and if you don't want him, you don't have to you don't have to start him or anything like that if you don't think that the backup is as good or whatever, but same system if if Tony Pollard in in Dallas is getting the touches that Zeke was going to because Zeke is out because he's of coronavirus. This is just a complete example. Tony Pollard is going to do very good. He's going to be right. starter worthy. Like if if Zeke went down for the season, God forbid, Zeke goes down for the season, Tony Pollard is going to be an elite running back. And so like having the person that that had Zeke that when Zeke went down because of coronavirus get Tony Pollard is kind of evening evening the playing field out because right. they were going to have that team's running back anyways. Yeah, and also just not making COVID such in effect into yeah. the fantasy season. Well, another thing, I mean, like me, I'm high on running back. My first five picks will be a running back. So if I have, like, for example, Zeke go down in the season or something, or another running back, I'm going to have probably a, a better bench running back than Tony Pollard right. to throw in there. So, like, I might, like you said, if somebody picks up Tony Pollard, then let them do it. Because if you're, if you're smart enough at fantasy or even like me, if you're high running back, I guarantee you your bench backup, your bench running back is going to be better than Tony Pollard. Right. And so the, the thing is here that we're the, the, the best way to do it would be to try to make it fair. And if you can't, then play to play to the situation. So if you know that this is going to be a problem, make sure that your bench is diversified. You have right. every position covered. If one person goes down, you automatically have a guy that you can slot in there. Mm-hmm. And that, that has to be done at your draft. So, like, make sure you do that at your draft. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let it be a situation where you need to do it in the waiver. Might as well just get that stuff. Yeah, don't, don't let it be a situation where, like, oh, you... <laughs> If you're trading draft picks or something like that, and you you front loaded your draft to where you're getting a bunch of studs, and then you have a bunch of late picks, that's not gonna be ideal if this whole coronavirus thing hits the NFL. Because if one of your stars goes down, then your late round picks are not gonna be suitable to replace them mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. You're gonna you're mm-hmm. definitely gonna take probably a couple losses. And you can't you can't afford that in such a short season. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Fantasy Inclined Podcast. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Yep. No problem. So, thanks for one. inviting. Um, we'll hope the Giants do good this year. I don't really have big expectations, but I don't either. I give them. <laughs> I give them. I give them anywhere from five to seven wins. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're we're all Lions fans too, so we know the we know the pain. thanks for listening to fancy and club podcast catch us on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube everywhere you listen to podcasts we'll see you guys on the next divisional episode peace